Hello, everyone, and welcome to your Uncle's Beach House, episode 78. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by M, as usual. It's anime time! It's anime time, and we're joined by a guest. Introduce yourself. It's me, Dia. Welcome. Hi. Hello. It's OVA time, bitches. That's right. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't bother with anything less than uh, a eighty minute movie about some hot bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you brought to us today Demon City Shinjuku, which um, came up when. <laughs> well, so I've been I'm doing extra beach houses because of the strike going on. I was asking people to suggest things for this, um, and you suggested doing a Demon City Shinjuku episode, and I was like, no, uh, not because we can't do it, but because if I did that as the bonus episode, and M had to watch some 26 episode anime that they didn't want to. Uh, M would be furious. So this that's is correct. going to be a that's main correct. episode, yeah. uh, and that's why we're here. Yeah, so. uh, this is a 1988 OVA based on the novel by Hideyuki Kikuchi, um, directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, and written by Kyori Okamura. Kawajiri went on to do other famous OVAs like, uh, well, Wicked City came out before this, which is like the slightly more famous one of these. Yeah. Um, and then went on to do Ninja Scroll, probably the most famous one of these. <laughs> um, and like the truly most famous one, at least in America. And then like Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, um, Cyber City 080808. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such, other such things. Sicko 80s and 90s OVAs. Uh, don't yeah. forget Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. I said it every part of it. Oh, did you see? Okay, I totally missed that because I was like, yep. "That's yeah. the one that everyone loves," and I'm kind of like, "Eh, on." I didn't like the first one, and I liked uh, Bloodlust a little better. But like, I don't think Vampire Hunter D is that interesting to me. Period. I think is the th- my problem. <laughs> that is the thing. The, the, the thing is, Vampire Hunter D, the the first Vampire Hunter D, has to hit you when you are exactly 11 years old. Yeah. If it doesn't, boom, you're going to bounce right off and you're going to go to Bloodlust and be like, eh, this is okay. You know, for a Castlevania anime, we're fine here. Yeah. Um, I, I'll watch Vampire Hunter D OVAs over the actual Castlevania anime Netflix puts out every day of the week. Yeah. Kawajiri's uh, first, uh, his uh, de- directorial debut was actually Lensman, The Secret of the Lens, which is... That sounds like a joke. It sounds incredibly like a... <laughs> formative for a okay. lot of American this, <laughs> this has CG and it's from 84. Oh, I have to see this. It's 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 not bad. Um, it's interesting because it's an adaptation of E.E. E. Smith novels. Mm. Yeah, the Lensman anime is fascinating to me because they made... Yeah. They made an anime out of some like actual sci-fi novels, and it seemed there was the a rails. time when I was going to suggest that, and I was just like, "No, let's let's do Demon City Shinjuku." It will not surprise anyone on this podcast to know uh, the one person we know who cares a lot about Lensman is Nora. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, that, that makes, makes so much sense. sense. Yeah, everything, everything <laughs> lines up. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Dia, tell me about your history with this. Um, so in 1995, uh, a movie called Johnny Mnemonic came out. Fuck yes, it did. And there were these, there was a sequence where, uh, Keanu Reeves character, Johnny, is getting data uploaded to his brain. And there is a, a, a encryption sequence where they snap off random images from the television. And during the upload sequence and Keanu Reeves is snarling and he's got his little VR headset on and, um, you know, they've got the little mini disc player spinning on the table. And, uh, 
they flash up these like sequences of this like just sick anime shit. And I was 12, 13 at the time. No, I was like 12. Yeah, I was at least 12. I was 12, 12, 11 or 12 at the time. And I remember you watching the movie and just being like, this movie rules. But also, what was that sick shit that was happening in the, the uploading sequence? And then in the credits to Johnny Mnemonic, they listed Demon City Shinjuku, you know, clips from blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, that, that's got to be the thing. I got to find that. Um, I happen to live next door to a kind of like an indie VHS rental place that like kind of serviced like the the local co- college, which was like an art school. So they had a lot of anime very early in the, you know, anime coming to America thing. Mm-hmm. And so they happened to have Demon City Shinjuku. And I watched that when I was like 13. And I was just like this, this is this is everything I want out of media at this point in my life. Um, and it turned out it was actually very formative because, you know, this is where I end up breaking with kind of what Western horror is doing at the time <laughs> and go straight into, uh, launching basically Dia's chasing Shin Megami Tensei arc for the rest of her life. Yeah. That makes sense and, to me. And chasing, chasing this strain of like Japanese, you know, horror, quasi sci-fi, quasi fantasy, uh, anime bullshit, mm-hmm. um, basically exclusively. But we can all blame it on Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> uh, that's really funny to me. Uh, yeah, no, I saw it was on the Johnny Mnemonic. Um, Johnny Mnemonic was mentioned on the Wikipedia page. I was like, oh, damn, didn't know that was how that went. I still haven't seen yes. Johnny Mnemonic because I can't get a hold of it. I'm not going to watch it twice. You should. I can only find the color version. Well, you got to watch the color version, and then you got to watch the, the black, black and white. And you do not do that. The black and white version might still be on Criterion, and you could you could VPN. Oh, I can Criterion. just watch it. Okay, I didn't know it was on Criterion. That that, that makes it easier. Yeah. Watching twice. I did not. I watched it in black and white, and then I watched the the trailer for the color version. I was like, oh, this is this is so gaudy. It's a very different film. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 no less interesting. I was looking at my one point like on like in, on like the, the the one podcast about. It. I was like, hey, wait a minute. There is value in the, in the original version of this. And I know there's value in the original version because formative fucking film for Dia. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I don't doubt that. Um, I'm just also I will, I will make critical arguments for that movie existing. <laughs> oh, that is an anti-Johnny Monic uh, podcast. That being um, said, no, no, no. The, the black and white version is fucking fire. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I that just, movie is so sick. It it's sh- like it's like not a good movie. That's the thing. It's like, man, this movie's a mess. It's way over ambitious. They clearly fucked it all up in like making it make it more normal, but it's still got the spark. You're like, there's a lot here. Yeah. Um, anyway, Demon City Shinjuku is a story of a guy, uh, Kyoya, whose dad died in battle with the devil with Vasha Stampede, but he's the devil named Rebi Ra 10 years ago, and uh, he's now sleeping in the bowels of the destructed Shinjuku, waiting for 10 years for energy to gather, question mark, and summon demons to end the world. One of those kind of stories. And um, the president of the world? The, the world, world federation. federation. The world federation <laughs> yeah. has united um, uh, the peoples. Shows up in Japan and gets attacked by like a weird tentacle thing and kidnapped. And his daughter is trying to save him and runs across Kyoya. And they decide to quest together to go in and rescue 
her dad and defeat Revira. And in doing so, he learns the power of uh, Nendo. Yeah, and um, he, he does. He gets the sword from his dad. He gets the sword. <laughs> kills Ravi Ra and then they're like this, wow this is a very a very chaotic um synopsis we've got here he meets he meets uh he meets two separate kids uh both from different parts of Akira <laughs> yes God. yeah he sure does uh, I watched this twice. I watched it in English first, and then I watched the Japanese version. Um, the English version ha- is one of those uh, famous <laughs> manga UK dubs. Y'all want some ramen? <laughs> y'all Half want some tone southern is so fucking funny. Oh I'll make God. a mean katsu don, y'all. <laughs> you don't even know. Now, don't watch out for them demons, though, on account of this katsu don is going to attract some demons. <laughs> I I truly don't understand <laughs> the choices made. It's baffling. Yeah, because I, I watched it first uh, just in Japanese because I'm just going to watch the regular version. And then I watched yes. the clips of the English one. I didn't do it the full length twice. Quitter. Um, but I watched it first in Japanese and was like, how is it possible to make a movie about all these things be this boring? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Fucking! I mean, I didn't like hate it. Hate it. But I was like, this is what everything is just like. It's not. It's based on a book. How does? How is this not based on a video game? He just goes to places, beats some guys up, barely has a character. No one else has a character, uh, and then we all go home. The fight scene's not even that cool. Uh, so I felt a little, little cheated. And then I watched the clips and I go, well, I guess I. At least it's something. At least there's some spice here in this stupid ass dub, uh, which. Um, is is good fun like the, i i really enjoy all the the, the clips i've seen uh, of the english dub uh and i get why that would imprint on people more uh than necessarily the like straight up japanese version which i just thought was like played straight and was very boring the japanese version is played very straight i mean it's got it's got good voice acting but it is it, it's weird because like i watch this and i'm like this is like peak ova i was expecting something a little trashier to be honest just from its reputation yeah but, me too um more violent uh whatever you know um didn't really have that sort of thing um but it's just like a like two like you know this pair goes on a quest and they they fall in love like the last shot is them about to kiss and the camera swoops past them which i think is like a really good shot um madhouse brings it on uh this it's a very nice looking ova <laughs> yeah um he, if you have not seen this yet huge photosensitivity warning across half of the movie oh yeah also. they're going crazy it's the 80s they didn't know yet yeah yeah um but it's just like it's like one of those like very staid like going on a quest kind of stories, right? Like you explain, you said it was like very video gaming. It's like, we're going to the city, we're going to run across a kid and then we're going to cross the old lady and we're going to run across the evil demon and the uh, Mephisto guy who rules. Love him. He's great. Best part of the movie. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to run across weird demons and then the ghost kid and uh, then we're going to solve the battle. And that's it. It's really straightforward. Um, and that part to me feels like these novels, like, almost like predecessors to like what light novels become right like these really like pop horror novels i haven't read this book maybe it's not like that but my gut is it's like that because mm-hmm. like i read i read the shimmer tensei book and it's like that yeah uh yeah the main character is not as um batshit crazy as the Shimigami no he's a guy. he's a normal he's a he's basically the guy from streets of fire <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I fucking hate him. Uh, this main, I, this, this <laughs> fucking disgusting little worm main character. I would rather he be evil Joker guy, like the Shin Megami Tensei guy. Uh, there's like uh, this passive quality of like all he does is hit on women and suck, 
uh, and be destined to be the better than everyone. So I guess in this way, it is very similar to light novels uh, in that he functions as this completely empty cipher who will nonetheless uh, steal any spotlight. Like the main character is like Sayaka, who's like the um, daughter of the world president who's going to go into the demon city and find peace, but is just entirely treated as a hot lady who's useless and can't do anything uh, because this uh, fucking story is terrible. I don't think that's true. I think that's unfair because she's absolutely the person who discovers like the soul stuff in the... With the kid in the in the like soul. Like, the thing she puts the re- to rest all of the souls of all of the like like a good woman of the earthquake. Should. Yeah, as I, I feel like it extremely genders it. I feel like it's like it is. It yeah. does extremely gender it. Yeah, because um, th- like you're introduced to her being the only one that's ready to go in, and then she immediately. But I just I just think that being the character who puts like demons to rest and understands the situation is not valueless. I think that's like oh, yeah. a cool character to me. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that I'm, and disagree with that in abstract. I just like when I was watching this, I just watched like it go through these motions of you get these characters come up, uh, this like girl that is not just important to the plot, but it's like important to the world, right? It's like this princess essentially of the Federation. That's basically the role she's placed in, um, who then is mostly just like along for the ride with this guy who sucks. Um, it definitely it did not inure in me to uh, the rest of the story even though like she, she's definitely fun um but all she does is kind of go get into trouble and then like help the spirits rest um well, i mean for for most of the movie her entire existence it comes down to the like junji ito cover art protagonist like for like a, a, a horror manga like mm-hmm. she's just like she's oh. just there to look very virginal <laughs> very you know um you know slightly terrified at all times but stalwart in a way and then yeah. just, and pretty but just to sell the cover of the the the, the horror manga yeah I, I thought of her as like the persona like persona one like character who's like very mysterious like is she evil it's like no she's just sick yeah <laughs> but girl. like like, and, you know, and like you know, her her this movie runs through like the like three quarters of the hero's quest in the first ten minutes like if if you want to do the whole screenwriter thing, it covers all of that. Like, and then the rest of it is just kind of like filler, like anime plot beats and like really sick backdrop paintings. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is like a hundred, like really, like a huge portion of why I really love this is because I really, really love the silhouettes um, and the character designs because that are they're very heavily drawing on just their silhouettes and very immediately readable, um, and then the backdrops for like every scene, every shot like has like an incredibly beautiful painting for a backdrop. Um, There's like the one scene where there's like the really early when they get into this demon city and there's the, the overpass in the behind and like the traffic lights are kind of collapsed and um, you just get this quick panning shot uh, of, of of like just the dilapidated street and it's just like nah this is what's up this is this is this is great let's go more of this yeah um, and everything is done in those like really like this color palette is so 1980s OVA just the blues and then when we want to do brights we'll use reds and pinks yeah like uh, the characters like Revy Raw in particular I that guy shows up and I'm like oh this is where they got Vashti Stampede you're never gonna convince me that they didn't look at this outline and be like what if he wasn't a weird Dracula man and was just a goofball instead because he just looks like Vash <laughs> when he shows up he's like in silhouette he's got the big coat on it's like you can tell it's red because the rim lighting and the like big spiky hair and I'm like oh here we go he's here 
Um, yeah, no, I always like whenever I um when Trigun like first started like showing up, I'd be like, yo, it's the dude from like Demon City. What the fuck? And yeah. then I was like, no, that's Vash the Stampede from Trigun. I'm like, what? <laughs> fuck. And that's, you know what? Honestly, that's why I never watched Trigun. Trigun's pretty good. I hear it's good, but like I was just like, mm, no, Demon City. I, um, yeah, I really like the, um, the stuff where they meet the old lady and the like, with all the screens and give her the money. Uh, that stuff feels like very like Oshi, uh, in terms of like the weird technology stuff. Cause this is not a very technologically interested movie outside of the, that one sequence. Yeah. Which is the one thing that I think is like really interesting compared to a lot of OVAs in this era, which including Shin Megami Tensei, which are just all about the weird, like unease with technology itself. This is way more of a, almost like a fist of the North star, but in like an urban environment. Wicked City, if I remember correctly, has more of that brought into it. Wicked, it's funny because Wicked City, like the reason I didn't pick, like I didn't was like Wicked City, and honestly, the reason I don't like Wicked City as much, even though it is by far the much more cult movie that people go to, is one, it wasn't that it didn't imprint that much on me when as like I was watching OVAs at the time. Um, but two, it's, it is just so much more like it is just more graphically sexual. It is more trashy. It's more technological. It's got more like, you know, more plot to it. Mm -hmm. Um, it is more of everything. And in a way that like, I think that demon city is actually more interesting because of all of that lackingness, you know, you get one titty in this. Yeah, there's one like a border assault scene of uh, what's of a Sayaka. Yeah, that thankfully does not go anywhere. And then there's the weird uh, like Lamia lady who tries to attack, uh, who tries to attack Mephisto. Mephisto. And yeah, it goes really bad for her. Which it was funny because um, I was talking to my partner Sarah earlier today, and like that was the one scene that kind of like they were like, I remember this like billiards room and like a snake woman, and I'm like, yeah, and it's like that is the um, the scene of. Her of that woman like l- like snake ladying her way up from the other side of the billiards table mm-hmm. with like you know like her like like long like like sn- snaky arms and like her panties half off her ass was like manga entertainment used that as like one of their <laughs> like you know major shots in every one of their promo ads oh, yeah, for I like they a did. decade like it's so funny how that shot became like the essential shot from from this. That doesn't surprise me, but that's funny. Yeah. Uh, Mephisto just being like down for this weird like horror sex, and then murdering her in like three sick moves was very cool. <laughs> Ridiculous man. There's such an economy of everything in this where they're just like kind of like, what if we just didn't animate that? What if we just finished this scene already? Well, let's go out to lunch. Yes. Like, it's just like, what, you know, do you know what happens when you mix spirits with sulfuric acid? And then it's just like, bottle mouth, I'm, you know, boom, I'm out of the room, we're done with this scene. You know, like, three years later, three years before this, it's like this long, drawn-out affair where we have to see every part of her body, like, fill up and then explode, like, one piece at a time. And, you know, it's just like miserable body horror but this is just like now nah, let's go to lunch let's just wrap this scene up real fast and oh my god the one of these that i love genuinely is like worth watching the of ages for this shot is at the very end when he faces off against uh rebi ra he he's like i've got the ultimate power sword i'm gonna hit you with, i'm gonna finally end this and hits him with one strike and he like cuts through him with like an energy beam and then it looks like he's gonna do the like 
Dragon Ball Z end of arc explode. Like he just gets like weird and bubbly. And then he briefly comes back together. Like he just like tanked it and is going to absorb the blow. And then it all comes at like double speed and he explodes and it's sick. It's such a good little shot. It's perfect. It's so great too, because every other movie that does this would have him reform. Right. And then we'd have a drawn out fight scene. And this is just like, you know, we could make an 80 minute OVA and then be down for lunch. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Uh, the anticlimax of just beating him in one blow. Uh, and then, like, the beam, like, tears through the city. It's great. And then Mephisto's like, come back next time. When I... Because uh, apparently he's the, like, the character that is in the middle of all of the books. Which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And that, that is the thing. It's like, you know, watching this and you're just kind of like, I really want that guy's show. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the backdoor pilot for the Mephisto show. <laughs> and there is there is like it's there is like an interesting thing about like the demon city shinjuku like uh, is you know i'm I, I'll, I'll be real here um there is a campaign book for uh shadow run that mm-hmm. came out in like about around the same time actually because i think i got it around the same time um, I didn't I didn't run it until like 96. Mm-hmm. But the the campaign book is called Bug City. And it focuses on the takeover of Chicago by insect spirits. Okay. And like the book is great. It's very good. It helps you. It does it absolutely does like lay out like how you can run the thing. But when I ended up running a Bug City campaign, I went straight to Demon City Shinjuku and was just like, what is all the stuff that's not happening in this movie that would fill it out as if it was, you know, a 24 or 36 episode, you know, television show. Mm. And like, just put all of that. <laughs> it's just like, I was just like, let's just use that and just pull it in and fill it in here. Um, you know, cause like it was a, what happens when you isolate off a chunk of a, you know, a, like incredible metropolitan area and then give them time to settle in. And that is like the cool thing about Demon City for me. And like this this kind of this genre itself is just like the this city, you know, this is why I, I end up like really liking the backstory for fucking Nier. Because the interesting part of Nier, or part of the interesting part of Nier is the whole like backstory for everything that gets leads up to the Nier project. The Gestalt project, I should say. And like them trying to retake Tokyo, failing at that, and everything that's going on inside of that, where everyone who's trapped and like dealing with turning into salt monsters. But like, so here we have like you know, we get the the vestiges of like you know, there's like the izakaya, like where everyone is like ordering like noodles and shit like that. That you know, Sayaka like first goes to to get help. Um, like, why does that exist here? You know the 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 kid uh, Chibi in the the who gets a name in the the dub version. Um, you know he has a whole existence. The the woman who's the the old woman who's the information broker. You know all of these things like show like an ecosystem that is not depicted in the movie because the movie is so bit like interested in getting the story done in eighty minutes or less. Mm. And like that is like super the interesting part about this to me is all the space that's not filled out in this and that like it never went anywhere and no one ever did anything with this property outside of the books. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that, I feel like I went the other way than you because this is why I'm like kind of a hater for this. And the, the, these other characters, the, the movie just was com- like, why is there only one kid? He's got the dogs, and the dogs aren't. He, they, that scene where the dogs don't attack is really good because um, there's these scary dogs that are all go, uh, and they're just hungry, right? They're just hungry dogs, and they're not yeah. actually they're not actually here to do anything. Uh, which implies there must be other like mostly sane humans trying to figure out how to like get by in the demon city uh but no we don't see any of that we don't see fucking anything like that but everybody comes up again like the kid just kind of follow them around um no no no, no. and i was like why what the fuck the is subway wrong? tell a story the subway runs the subway runs who is running the subway who's running the subway like the, su- the subway is a cool image but i was just there every time i was like are you allergic to telling a story what is wrong with you people like i understand some of the images are cool that you want to get to here uh but the story's terrible and i don't like the main character uh and there's all this stuff around the world building that they just seem to completely ignore at all times and it was driving me insane <laughs> I, w- I want the story to talk about the things in it. I don't want to have to imagine that maybe uh, off screen something really interesting is happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what I, you get uh, when you get when you get an eighty minute mon- uh, OVA. <laughs> I kind of sit in the middle because, like, I look at I look at the way in which like these kind of ruined cities are depicted. And I think of something like I think this is in the same realm of like uh, Escape from New York, where it is about like alluding to a bigger world and not really showing it, and mm-hmm. you get to fill in that space yourself. Um, I do think it's like an aesthetic tendency that has changed over time. People want to people want to fill out the world building, and I don't necessarily I don't know if that's necessarily better inherently. That that little kid in the because uh, I watched the English version first just sounds like the fucking little kid in Metal Gear Rising to me, losing my entire mind the entire time. I don't remember the kid. In there's a there's a kid who helps riding around when he's in South America. And he talks uh, somewhere like between the... Peter Lorre yeah. and Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> yes. He uh, doesn't have rocket skates in Metal Gear Rising, unfortunately. I'm finding you the Metal Gear Rising. George. Um, <laughs> uh, here, here you go. Here, here's, here's a picture of, of George from Metal Gear Rising. And you'll all come flooding back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh right! Um, yes. Oh god. And uh, I, uh, rem- <laughs> I remember this reminding me like, no, they actually like did a lot of work to find like a voice actor who could do the slang properly and everything, but it just because of the tone of Melody Rising still comes off weird, despite attempts to be respectful, I guess, because the entire premise is crazy. Yes. Um. Yeah, that stuff is uh, goofy. Um, but no, I don't, I don't it's, it, there's like a, there's just a quality to it that reminds me of stuff like that. Like maybe it's cause I was listening to the escape from New York soundtrack just the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, that's, that, that's another thing that this reminded me of. It's just like a weird through line of eighties, like apocalyptic sci-fi, like the, like the warriors, which is not a movie I like that much, but like the warriors literally lives in people's imagination because it introduces like eight different gangs and doesn't tell you anything about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the, the question marks are the appeal that drive people. Well, into I mean, investing. this is why, this is why people like dark souls. People like <laughs> partial information. We mm-hmm. really, really like not being told everything, despite the fact that now we want to be told every fucking thing. You know, like as much, you know, as, as much as people want, you know, it's the same reason you don't give people the ending they want. Like, you know, 100 percent the ending they want, I should say, you know, you, you, you have to reserve something. You have to hold it back. There has to be mystery. This, I think, does 
too much of that. Um, mm. There needs to be, a, there does need to be a little bit more of the world inside of Shinjuku. There needs to be more, like, you know, Kyoya, like, there is no reason for him to arrive at the end, like, where he <laughs> does. You know, he never has his revelation of, like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. I need to grow up. I need to fulfill my dad's legacy. It just so happens that he, he just gets finds to that sword. point. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just, he just, it just so happens that he gets to that point physically in space and is like, well, shit, I guess I have to take the sword <laughs> and become the, the hero that my dad couldn't be. And that means I have to grow up now and stop thinking, well, damn, if I sleep in the same bed as her, I'm going to end up raping her in her sleep. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> like he is such a terrible person. Uh, Ten yeah. minutes before the end of the movie, uh, he just fucking sucks. Um, like, he's then, terrible. There is there is no redeeming qualities of him at all. And the climax isn't really about him overcoming that. Like, they just kind of act a bit like it. He just got to like go through the motions of it. I think that's yeah. my issue. Is is less than um, less than it doesn't explain things, but like what is off screen is I guess more interesting but only because what is on what they choose to depict and the story they choose to tell uh, is so rote to me like oh did did you know that the humans wage war and does this mean we should end the world I don't know maybe I should play another thousand JRPGs about it and I guess this is uh, 1988 so maybe it's more allowed then um and I get how, like, if you're watching this as an OVA for the first time, uh, in like when you're 11, right? Like, I mean, is, yeah. Also, like, it's based on a book where this wave of fiction is what drove all the RPGs in the first place. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So this is like 82. The book is written. Yeah. Um, uh, but I am coming into it, like this is the most surface level. Oh, the demons want to kill the world, and then a guy says, "But we shouldn't," and then another more cool demon says, "But darkness will always exist." Um. And then didn't feel any of that was like interesting characters because the main character sucks. So I was, I just, it felt very uh, rote to me. Yes, but when Mephisto says darkness always exists, he says it like you're about to be recruited to my secret government agency of like Alucard shit. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, everyone making this knows that Mephisto's the cool guy here. Everyone is <laughs> yeah. self aware to know what they have in Mephisto at least. I think that is the kind of interesting thing about this is that like, it is very obvious what the, you know, the creators of this OVA care about and are interested in and what they what they know that the audience doesn't know. And that is very apparent. It's also bad filmmaking. <laughs> I'm just I guess I just like I need to find some OVAs that I, I really like, I guess, because like I really like Dallas. Right. We watched Dallas. I, that's an 80s OVA. Um, that's Oshi. Uh, I haven't seen Angel's Egg, but I assume, you know, I, I like Ocean Angel's Egg. Angel's really good. I, yeah, I think the thing is that you are going to end up liking the OVAs that are the things that we, we can we can hold up and say, you know, the like, this is an actual film that is valuable uh, and not <laughs> this is a sick ass OVA. Because it's the thing. This is a sick ass OVA, Jackson. You didn't see it when you were 11. I did. You yeah. saw it after you played every fucking JRPG that watched this when they were twenty, and said, "That's sick as shit." What if we made a video game of that? And then every person after them who said that video game was sick as shit. What if we made a video game of that? So you uh, were like forty steps removed from this being cool and the original article. Yeah, I just I feel like, and so it does suck. Like I mean, it's, I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't suck. Like this is crap. <laughs> OVAs from the 80s, 
99% of them are garbage. I know I told you yes. earlier today, I was like, you were like looking for, you need, you needed to fill in suddenly with, with beach house. And I was like, project Aiko. project Aiko, absolute garbage. I bet I'd like that more. Cause I, isn't that just like more like references and jokes to think that is, like it is, it is nonstop jokes about Gundam. Um, which seems a little more, uh, cause like, I guess the thing is like, I'm thinking of, um, um, it's a lesbian What's, stalker narrative, a, le- a high school lesbian stalker narrative, but it's also nonstop jokes about Gundam. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm thinking of what's the the name of the other OVAs you watch? Um, Bubble and Crisis. Megazone 23. Megazone you hate about Bubble and Crisis. You hate about Megazone. Like, like these are these. See, these are bad my things. Thing is, They're not I didn't good. like. I didn't like Bubble and Crisis um, because it was long and boring. Demon City Shinjuku. I was like, yeah, here's a, here's the delivery mechanism for like beautiful images for an hour and a half, and I get to fucking go home and not think about it. Um, which, like, we talked about when we talked about Bubble and Crisis, like, that first OVA episode is like, oh, it's like every great gif I've ever seen on Tumblr of anime. Um, but then you have to watch seven more hours of it. And you're like, and yeah, no, no, I passed. Hard pass. And that's, and that's the thing is, you know, when Bubblegum Crisis existed, that was the source of all yes, of those gifs. Absolutely. And, like, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I will remember Matt, the Mad Machine episode forever. I will remember the image of what if what if the the robot the giant robot head that's a city had saliva like okay let's go um watching all like it was eight episodes and then there's the three bubblegum crash episodes it's like 12 hours of bubblegum crisis i don't know that i would do that again yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me is like watching all, the, all those and I'm like grouping these in together and I have them not that widely seen uh, is they're united by the sense of like they're very well made in that there's got a lot of good animation capital G capital A um, but I don't think they're necessarily like that visually exciting I think this has like a few cool fight scenes but I don't think it's like storyboarding or like pacing is visually interesting um, in a way that I'm like it's all like we've got a lot of money and we're going to do some fairly standard stuff very well. Um, it, I guess what I'm saying is I get how like when Gunbuster happens, because I'm so used to thinking about it, I was like, oh, he's so derivative, whatever. But I get how when Gunbuster happens, uh, it's like breaking through the OVA sphere, right? It's like a knife. Well, yeah, but then that also brings you like Megazone has a lot of really showy sequences, but it's a, it's a dog shit OVA that doesn't have coherent direction the rest of the time and this is like people animating a, a you know might not be the most like robust movie but it's a, it's a, it coheres visually yeah. in a way that like other things not like when we watch macross macross is made by a bunch of fucking gundam nerds who <laughs> bit off way more than they could chew and made a show that sometimes is astonishing and sometimes is like a big giant turd to look at and but, they just sit right next to each other but the <laughs> show that house does not make things that are the, like that the showy stuff about this and i think this is like compared to above on christ and magazine and 23 this does hold together visually much more because just like mm-hmm. i think the director uh is a much like better stylist um, yes, but the the showy stuff about this is all like action scenes and cool moments, right? Uh, yeah, the showy stuff about Gunbuster is framing and like characters standing around looking at the sky, right? It does have the Sakura as well, but there is like just a lack of cinematic interest outside of wanting to do cool anime shit. Uh, is I guess the thing I feel missing in some of these OVAs. I, there's a there's a the thing about OVAs that's kind of interesting is you get like you have to kind of like chunk them up into kind of there are various modes that OVAs can occupy and like this one it is not like Madhouse Madhouse I don't think of Madhouse as doing that the gunbuster kind of OVA 
right? Like, mm. yeah, I and they think just of, didn't. I think of them doing like Boogie Pop Phantom. I think of them doing like you know this. I think of you know I think Aim for the Ace might be the most like you know compositionally aware kind of like animation like OVAs they've done. Yeah, like um, oh, what's another one? Another good one that uh, Sarah had me watch, Pet Shop of Horrors. Um, but they're very they're very static. Um, they put a lot of emphasis on character design, backdrop design, kind of t- compositional tone, not and like they put money into them. You know, you, you never get the really big misfires of like shooting <laughs> the, the, the cells from from shot to shot. You know, their color grading tends to like, you know, cohere across the entire film. Um, and even from like episode to episode, like you they tend to do a good job with that, but they aren't, they're not gunbuster. Like they're, yeah. they, they definitely, and they're not, I don't think know that they're necessarily interested in that. Um, there, there's moments like in their history, like they've yeah. done things that do stand out, but yeah, I think of them doing stuff like Epo or Hunter Hunter as like, right. They're like nice looking, but not, they're not like show pieces. And when they are show pieces, it's because they're adapting things that are visually themselves distinct show pieces. And they just do a good job of that. I think it's true of like when they did Trigon also. Like they also animated Trigon. Oh yeah, I so. forgot they did they were Trigon, yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it kinda depends on like you know, the directors they got. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cause like you get to later I mean, yeah. yes, they, my house has done a lot of anime. Because <laughs> I'm like in the in the I'm looking at their list here and I'm like, you know, uh uh Paranoia Agent Them, but like yeah. That's not, you wouldn't go, oh, Madhouse have really expanded their vision with Paranoia Agent, you'd say, Oh, it's such a kind of made a thing. Um I mean, even around that, you got like Paradise Kiss and uh, Beck, which are that one guy. Uh, yeah. And then Death Note. Man, Death Note, that's a showpiece. <laughs> Death Note is absolutely not a showpiece. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, in terms of like doing ridiculous visual shit with anime, Death Note is 100% a showpiece. They managed to make yeah. Death Note managed to make guys standing around going, I think he's looking at the CCTV camera for 20 minutes an episode, the best that's looking true. anime of 2006. That's incredible, regardless of how stupid ass Death Note is. Okay, but that's also because anime in 2006 looked bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of it did. But Death Note, that's a classic. I'm I standing over Death Note. That's a showpiece. I think, I, think, I think we're focusing on Death Note being Death Note at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, yeah, like, I, I think, you know, Mad, Madhouse. Um, this is kind of, you know, this this is in, in Madhouse's rise to prominence. Like, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, this does kind of set like what they are interested in at this era. Um, mm. They will then expand out, you know, like, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Kawajiri d- just kind of does this thing again. <laughs> I mean, like with different, like, you know, Vampire Hunter D. Bull loves, lost yeah. a famous, yeah, yeah, is an adaptation by the same author because uh, he's the guy who writes Vampire Hunter D. And uh, it's ridiculous. And, you know, he does he does like Birdie the Mighty and stuff like that. He did the the Animatrix program one, the like Samurai Fight short. He does a very similar one in the Batman Animatrix they did in 2008. Yeah, uh, yeah he's got he's got his thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not even against the thing. I just would like to see a little more. Uh, 
character, I guess. The the main character being the most boring. Well, the problem guy. is you get you get eighty minutes of some kind of sick stuff, or you get seventy episodes of character, and <laughs> that doesn't fit into this podcast. Then, I, yeah, want, I, I want eighty minutes of character. I want I want some. Well, key then characters. you want a, you want a, you want a live action film and not anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, it's true though. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm thinking of in terms of like, you know, like, yeah, if you, you get 80 minutes of this or you want, you get character, like, you know, um, you know, like it's, it's kind of the, the, the trade-off. And when I talk about like, you know, Kyoya gets to the sword and it's just like, well, I ended up at my dad's sword. I guess I have to have my, my revelation moment now and I'm going to draw the sword out and suddenly become the hero of the world, the, the hero the world needs. What? Yeah, he just kind of acquires... I mean, this is why it felt like a video to me. He just gets the sword and is now... He acquires the key item to defeat the boss. Yeah, uh, my... my Because I, I wasn't really into anime as much as Dio was as a kid. My memory of these are like... And I don't, I haven't seen this one, but like... Um, like the Street Fighter 2 movie, just OV is the air that would sometimes play on HBO or whatever, or like Spawn too. even, which is definitely trying to lift from the OVA boom in terms of a, like a, a cartoon for adults. Is like stuff that would be on TV late as I'm like kid flipping through the channels and I'd be like, oh, look at this. This is like a cartoon, but there's like boobs and blood in it. And then I'd kind of like drift off while watching it because it's late at night. And that's like, and then it just kind of burns your memory as like a weird half dream state. And that's where OVAs live to me. Yeah, this is the thing I'm just too young for is like the forbidden appeal of anime is they're like cartoons, but they've got tits and blood in them. Yes, absolutely. Just, just totally gone from this earth. Because yeah, oh, I'm like... Wait. Kawajiri was the main title director for the Spawn animated series. That's really funny. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. I like looking at his actually like his 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 key animation. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, he was he was working for everybody. I was like, dude, like, in like the seventies. Like, so yeah. many of this is like formative fucking yes. anime for me, and just like he's yes. like storyboard and key animator for everything. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Starting with like his first credit is Dororo as like a in betweener, right? So. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking at that. Yeah, man, he's working on all the classics. <laughs> yeah, he was storyboarder for Platinum End, your favorites. <laughs> he was storyboarding for Platinum End, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the ways in which this falls off later on, and just like anime, the proliferation of anime happens. Yeah. There's stuff here like like uh, like Akka is well recommended. It's like on my list of things I want to watch. There's like Boogie Pop and others oh, here, which I know I is mean, well regarded. He's getting pulled in by like some pretty heavy heading productions, but just the yes. the average quality of like oh right, they started making a thousand anime and everyone spread so thin that you're calling in yes. fucking Kawajiri to help storyboard your Platinum End garbage show. Got a got a storyboard B Star season two, <laughs> which probably did very well. To be fair. Um, Honestly, in terms of like modern anime, I look at like the stuff he's made in the last years. I'm like, I've heard of most of these, which is not true of most people working in anime. No, no, yeah. he's like, you know, he's a guy you get when you need a fucking guy, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> clearly being brought. You know, he's working on um, Demon Slayer, uh, uh, Chihaya Yafuru. I uh, fucked up the syllables there. Decadence, Jujutsu Kaisen, yeah. Sunny Boy, all like at least very well liked, well animated shows, except Platinum Man, which is sticking out like a sore thumb here because uh, that was uh, a terrible production that was on fire the whole time and they tried to make it in 20 episodes 1988 legend of galactic heroes guest character design i want to know that's incredible i want to know oh yeah i don't don't know who i don't even know what the character design process was on that because i don't Uh, key animation for record of lotus war there we go that's 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 what's up that's why record of lotus war looks better than it deserves to 
Blows War is a really nice looking show. Uh, Lotus Wars is one of those ones that I hear you and Neve and everyone talk about a lot, but I've never actually like experienced it even secondhand. I don't really know anything about Fucking it. Watch it, Jackson. It's just it's just kind of like a crappy D and D campaign, but as an anime, it's like a really beautiful anime though, and I like most of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it literally is I watched a it just a couple game. years ago. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, it's the one that those various. Uh, wasn't it like a D&D game some staff members were working on and became an yes. yeah. Uh Damn. But yeah, Lotus was definitely one of the, like There are a few like big 90s OVA adjacent touchdowns that I just haven't... It's just not really my wheelhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there there are like, you know, like you get like... What is it? Was it um, the, the, the Shiro one that I actually really like. Um, Black Magic M66. That is... It has all of the problems that this has, but it's also like really gorgeously animated and like very, very like aware of film as it's mm-hmm. as it is being animated. Um, you know, this one does not have that. This one really relies heavily on, you know, character design, backdrop, um, and you know, occasionally some compositional decisions, but mostly not compositional decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've I've read Black Magic. It was kind of middling. No, it's it? not good. I, I'm I'm generally sure he's never made a good story in his life. What do you like? Of course it wasn't good. <laughs> like, yes, I fucking hate that man. Uh, I'm higher on him than you, but yes, I, I I read all of Appleseed and I was like, man, even even Appleseed's not really doing it. I tried to read Appleseed. I read Dominion. I read Ghost in the Shell. I was like, no, fuck this guy. I hate all of his dumb bullshit. No, Dominion uh, was only good because it gave us Chaplin and it gave us the Puma Sisters. That's it. That's you, you you like you, you can get Catgirl somewhere else. But you I can't promise get the Puma you. Sisters because the Puma Sisters fucking rule. I forgot when I was ruling, like mentioning bad OVAs we've watched. I forgot to bring out Dominion, which is clearly worse than uh, all three of the other ones. Dominion is the worst thing we've watched for this podcast. Yeah, like Domin- straight up, Dominion's bad. Um, Dominion um, was not. A good I don't show. even know what number two would be. Like probably Mashoka Tensei, but like at least that's a show that's like coherent as like an anime. It sucks like ideologically, but it doesn't look bad. <laughs> Yeah, Dominion was just not good. We had that first few minutes, but like, oh, they're doing something, and no, Shira's always doing the waffling <laughs> middle way shit. Yeah, um, when he's not just like enjoying fascism. <laughs> That's like, he mostly just enjoys the aesthetics of fascism and doesn't really think too hard about it. Um, yeah, no, he. No, that's not true. He's thinking too hard. I think he, I go the other way. I think he's thinks he's being way more subversive and uh, metatextual than he is when he's actually just drawing some naked I ladies. I mean, he's a dumb guy, so yeah, yes. nothing good comes out of that. I, I think he's kind of dumb. At one point, um, there was like some, I think it was like Anne America or something. They had like a photo of like Shiro's desk set up. Um, and he had one of those asshole, like, you know, anime ass, like gamer mice. <laughs> And like this is like he was like this is what I use you know I, I use this mouse to do all my my work in Photoshop and I was just like this tells me so much about everything I need to know about you that like you're <laughs> using the terrible super angular like you know anime mecha mouse um, by Logitech like no okay yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but. 
I'm sorry, I was like, uh, mostly hater motivated, but it, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. This is why I was glad we had Dia, because I knew exactly how this would break down, where I kind of liked it, you didn't like it, and Dia loves it. <laughs> I, historically. I, uh, yeah, that's why I didn't talk for like the first half. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go, you know, actually it was bad, because I don't, ha- I don't have like interesting ways to pick it apart, right? I well, just... <laughs> But that's the yeah. thing. You, I mean, you do. You have you have the ways to pick it apart that it needs. I have to be critiques, picked apart. but I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think I have anything deeper than I wish this was less boring. <laughs> like, I just think my uh, the things I value in uh, anime are tend to be more narratively focused. Um, let, which is you know, I guess rude for a visual medium, uh, <laughs> but I do generally come for like discussions of ideas and characters I like. I mean, it's a visual medium, but it's still a narrative medium. <laughs> sure, uh, but I, I, I mean, get this how, is like, this is why I'm interested in you watching Angel Egg. I'm definitely gonna because I love Oshi shit. Because um, like, because yeah. Angel Egg is very, you know, it resists narrativization as much as it is incredibly narrative. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not against like. I feel like I've come across as a, against the like more visual abstract storytelling. No, no, I, don't, I don't think that. It's just I mean, it's like you know, but like yeah, like well, when when there's something is no, trying to be narrative and then it fails at being narrative in a way yeah. that like is reasonable. Like this, this does. We've, this, got, we've this, got a whole other podcast to argue against you being into abstract work. Yeah, <laughs> where you always complain when we do an abstract movie. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I don't complain when you do an abstract movie. I complain when we do an abstract movie that's just rich people walking around going, oh. Unfortunately, that's most of abstract film. Yeah, <laughs> it's that not really my fault. Is. <laughs> I only complained about specific things. I, I, it's not that I dislike abstract in, in concept. Dislike exactly, French there's movies, a period maybe. of time when only rich people were in interesting spaces to visually film them. True. Um, but Red <laughs> Desert was better than uh, Last Year at Marion Band. I'll give you that one. They're both good. They're both good. <laughs> They're both good. Uh, let, uh, Hollywood, let us know when Red the strike's Desert over. Red Desert is way better, so can, to be fair. Red Desert, fucking incredible film. We can bring back Rupture Screens one day. Red Desert, not struck work. I can talk about Red Desert all fucking day. You can't stop <laughs> that's, me. That's, you know what? That is true. Red Desert is not struck work. <laughs> See, next we have to watch, we have to get Jackson to watch A Wing Name Amnesia, which is just boring. I don't know what that is. I don't even know what that you is. You don't know what Wing Name Amnesia no. Um, it's it's another Kikuchi novel oh, okay. that was adapted by Madhouse. Uh, I don't think, I think it was... God, 1990. I have um, the, I have that in, in my Plex, and I added it, and I was like, this is... Uh, just looking at the poster, I was like, man, someone really wanted uh, a, uh, you know, um, what's-his-face, the, the guy. I'm forgetting everyone's name these days. My brain's... Uh, brain frog. Fog. Um... The Yamato guy, the Gax Express 99 guy, Leji, Leji. Leji, yeah. I, you know what? It's funny. I had the same, um, like, complete brain meltdown the other day with M. Um... This is the, this is Amano. Amano did the art for the book. So. Oh, that oh, explains yeah. why I was like, why Why is this, like, a slightly off-brand uh, Lejiverse girl? It's Lejiverse, yeah. But I assume it's a guy, uh, and it's an Amano guy. Is that is that true, then? I have no idea. I don't know. I still don't know which gender this, this character is. No, I think it's a guy. Um, there we go. Yeah. You know? Yes, that's a girl. Now I can see beyond her face. But, you know, with Mano, you can never tell. And uh, that's the thing that is good about Mano art. The part where he's, like, kind of fascist. That, that part sucks. Whatever. <laughs> um, well, watch Angel's Egg, because that's also a Mano co-creation. Yo! I yeah, no, Angel's it's, the thing is, it's, it's, it's an Amano co-creation, but it's good, actually. Yeah, it's really good. And um, really good. that is actually where, uh, you know, we get Bloodborne from. You're not wrong. 
It's way better than Bloodborne. It's Fuck so Bloodborne. much better than Bloodborne. It's, <laughs> it's, it's another thing. It's like if you if you like everyone who's like super hard on for like Bloodborne, I'm like you've never watched Angel Egg and you didn't care about anything in your life. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have a horse in this Bloodborne race. But the only thing about this. Bloodborne is the wheel and hitting things with the wheel. This, this this is an opinion I would probably have. I would be like having mechanical opinions about Bloodborne if I had played it. Wait, you didn't play Bloodborne? I've played I've well I've played it. I haven't like you played, played the, like every Souls game and you didn't play Bloodborne. Yes, when I was That's going so through weird. recently catching up on the Souls games, I did skip Bloodborne. I just played Souls one through three. I mean, on some level, like good for you because if you were a Bloodborne sicko, I'd have to disown you. Um, and yeah. I'm probably not going to play Bloodborne. I'm probably if I'm going to go to a back to a Fromm's game when my rest is better, it'll be Sekiro. That'll be the way. You I'm know who's this. a Bloodborne sicko actually. Who's a Bloodborne sicko? Lee Alexander. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And again, Lee Alexander, Bloodborne sicko, because the wheel is good. <laughs> What's the wheel? Is it one of the weapons? There's a fucking yeah. wheel. It's a fucking it's a wagon, wagon wheel. wheel, and you hit things with the fucking wagon wheel. It's Bloodborne a strength weapon. Wheel. It's great. Oh, yeah, that's just a big wheel. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a big damn. fucking wheel. <laughs> I actually thought it was going to be like on the end of a... Paul, I tweeted no, about the wheel so many fucking times, Jackson. I can't believe you didn't see my, my my tweets about the fucking wheel. You would, I was because I hated Bloodborne would... until I got the wheel. I got well, I hated Bloodborne until I got the Tonitrus, and then Tonitrus gave me a little bit of love for the Bloodborne because it was the Nikola Tesla beat stick, and yeah. then I got sick of that, and then I was bored again until I got the wheel, and then I got the wheel, and I was like, no, this fucking game actually is pretty good. Soul, uh, the Souls game tweets just tend to roll off me. Um, it's not that I'm ignoring them. You know, you, you just, you just, there's just so much of them. You just kind of nod. Yeah. If you haven't played them. Okay, I'm shutting this podcast down. Thank you for joining us, Dia. Thank you for Jackson. having me. What's your next beach house? <laughs> we genuinely don't know. So yeah. I had, an, I was going to come here with an announcement before the next beach house was uh, the one that will be in two weeks, uh, not in four weeks. Um, Ready to the go. One I'm not on. Yeah, the one you're not on. Uh, and uh, I no longer, the schedule changed. So I've now got to scramble and come up with something. So don't be surprised if that's also a movie. <laughs> I I had a suggestion and uh, Jackson's not bitten on it. It wasn't, I'm not going to do it, but I did have a suggestion. Uh, yes. If you have, have had, had some ideas uh, of various seriousness, um, and I haven't been in yet, so we'll see what is in the guy. But, um, uh, but then next month, we are going to be back to watch Bochi the Rock, everyone's favorite anxiety girl anime of the modern era. Yeah. Because I want to watch it. I was like, I want to watch Bochi. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm oh, she has a little in- guitar. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it and feel really bad the entire time watching it. Why? Because <laughs> I miss being in a band. Normal oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Purely just like I'm 30 and I'm not in a high school band anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. We can find those anime too. I'm sure they exist. Um, they're, no, they're called books. There's books for Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> they're called books. Yes. You, can, you can go find as many books about being almost 30 and being sad as you like, but the anime's got to have the cool teens in them. I'm sure Nick Hornby's written like six of them. So. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so much worse. Oh, my relatable, to, to find my relatable content, I must abandon anime and find Nick Hornby books. I may as well oh my put God. myself on the ground right now. Yeah, you have to kill yourself with that. Like that. <laughs> Fucking Nick Hornby. Fucking Nick Hornby books. You're not Persona Voice. You're not me. <laughs> when I was when I was doing my study abroad in Glasgow, um, we had this one uh, class we each other come. 
time and someone asked her about a song and she was just like, do I look like fucking Nick Hornby to you? (laughs) (laughs) It was the funniest fucking thing. Absolutely bodied. God. Thanks for joining us so much, dear. Would you like to uh, let people know where they can find you? You can find me at Delacina basically everywhere. Put an at in so front true. of it at the end of YouTube to find my YouTube channel where a lot of my stuff is these days. I got an Armored Core piece that's going to be coming up once I finish writing it and give it to my editor, Garrett, at Pace Magazine. Um, remember that Paste exists and they do great games writing. Like If you're sad about Waypoint, go fucking check Paste regularly. That's my pitch. That's my, that's my, that's my sale for this one. Go check paste games regularly. Yeah. Because there's good shit there. I should pitch again. You should. Um, fell off with the wrist situation, but I, I, I you know, I can there's, talk about games. You, can, you, can, you don't need to play games to write about games. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me at headfallsoff on Twitter.com, co-host and Blue Sky. Mostly still posting on Twitter, but, you know, that's where I am. Uh, you can find the, the podcast we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, I think if you write about games and not play games, you're just choosing all pain and no joy. That's like, what if only vegetables and no dessert? You're telling me! I'm the one going to the doctors like, do you not understand? I can't game as much as I want to. This is a world-ending crisis. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being and various permutations of that on Coast and Blue Sky. I don't really use Coast other than plugs, but I dub on Blue Sky enough. Um, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash normal mapping. For one dollar, you get the great Gundam project. We're about to start Double O Gundam. We're like two weeks away. Oh, shit. We and really we'll are. be in a new Gundam. We'll be watching Double O. We'll be watching Rose of Versailles, our backup show. It's going to be fucking great. Uh, for five dollars, you get me playing tactics every week until the strike ends, and then you'll get blockbusters and me continuing to play tactics until I finish it every week. <laughs> um, and for ten dollars, you get VoIP Life, where we talk about a bunch of bullshit. This most recent one, uh, we talked about uh, Starfield mostly and a little bit of Armored Core. Yeah, it's offy gaming. Yeah, um, but we do all sorts of dumb stuff there. If you want, to, if you want our opinions of what the best handhelds ever made are, we did an hour and a half on that somehow material. <laughs> That's podcasting. Uh, that's podcasting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this, tell your friends. Uh, retweet the plugs. You know, rate and review on iTunes. Uh, all the things you can do. Thank you, as always. Thanks, Dia, for coming through. Uh, we might see you sooner than later. Maybe maybe as soon as next month, hopefully. Right? That'll be Not exciting. Also, people need to watch us play Flower, Sun, and you Rain. Really it's the best do. thing that we're doing. <laughs> Both of us together. <laughs> yeah, you do Let's Play with Dia on Dia's channel regularly. So go yes. check those out. Every week. Unless something comes up. Okay. Yeah. It really has been. It's been most weeks for the last year. Yeah, yeah. We, we're just doing it. That's a regular thing now. Yeah. It's our mental health hour. Yeah, it's great. We have, a, we have our next game all lined up, even though it's, we're, we're going to be playing this one for another three months. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, very optimistic. Like, oh, yeah, we'll be done by the end of summer. No. No, there's 18 days yeah. to get through. I didn't think it was that big of a game. Episode. Yeah. Surprisingly I mean, we haven't big. even gotten to the lobby of the hotel yet, and there's a whole island to explore, so, you know. Yeah, no. It's a surprisingly big game. <laughs> also, yeah. but dear, you're really thorough about exploring spaces in your Let's Plays in a way that I would never be. I know. I know it infuriates them, especially because I'm also bad at directions. It makes more sense in the ones uh, 
with MWare's adventure games. It's the ones where you're like, you will just stand in a Dark Souls level 45 minutes, and I'm like, fight the guys, fight the boss. Because I we we have we have started Flower Sun Rain at least once with like a 10 minute diatribe about the music or just a memory that one of us has. <laughs> yes, they're vibe. It's vibe based gaming. Vibe -based I don't gaming. typically game like this, but it is nice to do it as a, like a break from normal. Yeah, everyone has to, I, has to conform to my my vibe based existence. I like it. It bring it brings it's like mellow. It like calms me down. I'm like, I wish I could be like this more often. Yeah. I'm gonna do this the other Just way. Just wait till you wait, wait till you read my armored core six review that's got like a six hundred like word fucking diatribe about Mariah Carey and the summer. Okay. I'm gonna make Dia sit in on uh me playing Dark Souls running past every enemy except the boss. I've watched you do this with every video game you've ever played. You did this with Mega Man, drove me crazy. You did Mario, <laughs> drove me less crazy. See, I it did, doesn't bother me. Do. It doesn't bother me except for the fact that it's like, well, this is how we end up at with Elden Ring. Is that like Jackson is like people like Jackson are skewing all the data that like from software looks at and they go, oh, well, people just Dark like to run past shit. Eight-hour video bosses. game and all you do is fight bosses. That's all yeah. Dark Souls Three is to me. There's nothing else but bosses and some runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why you got to watch I, me I sit did, through bro. an hour and a half in the cathedral, just being like, let's talk about this one like relief in on this wall here. I did run past a lot of guys in Mega Man. You don't have to kill anyone in Mega Man. You just keep going. I was, yeah, you don't. You run past guys in Mega Man. That's fucking Mega Man. That's totally normal. I feel like as part of me just being old, I just don't think of damage boosting as like legitimate behavior. I'm like, you kill the guys. The guys come and you kill the guys. If I'm going to be taking damage anyway, I may as well take one hit getting past them. The goal is to just not take damage. If you want to shoot all the guys, play Gradius. The goal is to get to the end of the level without taking enough damage. Oh my God, this podcast is over. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>